welcome back to you know what i've been wondering i'm sarah i'm jane oh jane's breakdancing new year new jane happy new year happy new year i saw a tiktok the other day that was like the making fun of the new year new me concept because it was like the new me shows up at like 7 p.m on new year's eve and it's like i'm so sorry i'm early but so i need to kill you now and the guy's (laughs) like wait what and he's like yeah normally i do it in your sleep after you go to bed but i i I messed up and i'm here early i love that that's funny if only if only (laughs) (laughs) i love that do you have a new year's resolution um no um cute don't hold yourself (laughs) to a standard do it for you not because of the holiday you know yeah well I don't know if I if I totally believe in resolutions just because I feel like there's so many uh reasons for people to be down on themselves in general that we shouldn't be Mm -hmm. like I'm gonna be better because that like implies that your past self is like bad and I do think there are ways that you can grow as a person and work on improving uh like your mental health and all sorts of aspects of your life but you as a person are still good and valid and not like not in need of fixing yeah Um, that's a good point so I think I think the idea of resolutions is okay if you think about it as like things I'm looking forward to or like goals that I'm working on which I know yeah. that's what resolutions are but I feel like resolutions are so often like I must lose 10 pounds or like I must do this by the end of the year and it's like no you could just I don't know try and have a good time um, right <laughs> take care of yourself <laughs> I want to finish my grad program by if, I, w- I literally just started my one of my classes from my new spring semester today and we were talking about the program being over in like early May. And I was like, that's so soon, but so far. Like, you can do it. So I'm just, I'm, I'm pushing through to early May. That's my, I believe in I want to get through my grad program and then hopefully you like get a job. Yeah. Uh, I know you can but, do it. Yeah. What about you, Sarah? Do you have any resolutions or goals or? Things? Um, I want to stop eating beef. Ooh, I like that. Okay. Yeah, we're going to cut out beef and like if that goes well, maybe pork, who knows. But definitely Ooh. beef. I'm kind of mm-hmm. I'm trying I'm trying to cut down on beef. I'm trying Chicken to cut away down. at those red meats. Yeah. Beef is just like I've recently discovered beef is so high in calories and mm-hmm. I've also discovered that I don't think it's necessarily worth the calories because there are many things that I enjoy that's made with beef that I would enjoy just as much with chicken or turkey or pork. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. That's the thing is I think pork is the easiest substitute for beef right now. Mm-hmm. Pork or turkey. Um, so I'm going to, I'm working towards it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a good goal. Yeah. I think I can do it. I don't think like I was like, oh, but a cheesesteak. It's like, but I like chicken cheesesteaks. I like chicken cheesesteaks a lot. Mm-hmm. And like burgers, I don't eat burgers often enough to be like, this is something I need in my life for the rest of my life. Also, like I like black bean burgers. I yeah. like chicken burgers. Like I think I think that's an attainable goal for me. Mm-hmm. I know this is probably gonna sound like sacrilege to you as someone who's like from Philly, but I feel like you can. Like I've enjoyed the veggie cheese steaks. Okay, <laughs> not, but it's not cheese steak, but like you know, with peppers and onions instead of actual. I know it's a different like taste and texture, 
but I enjoy yeah. them. I like I like artificial meat. Like I like Beyond. Yeah. That's the other thing is I like Beyond Meat. Yeah. I like the Impossible Burger. All of that. Like I like all the beef substitutes. Um, I I do not think I would like it in a cheesesteak context. The mm-hmm. artificial meat, or like I know people that have made it with seitan. People make it with mushrooms. I don't like mushrooms. I don't eat mushrooms, so that wouldn't work for me. I think it would be really hard for me to. Buy. I have one time had a vegan cheese uh, cheesesteak at a there's a vegan diner in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And it was okay. I will say it was a stretch for me. And I was like, this isn't a cheesesteak. But it was still like a good sandwich. Yeah. Um, but it's like, if I want to indulge in a cheesesteak once or twice a year, I'm not going to yeah. like beat myself up on it. I'm not like personally creating thousands of carbon emissions because I ate one cheesesteak, you know? Yeah. So like, I'm going to be, I'm going to forgive myself. It's not going to be like a no more for the rest of my life, but I do yeah. want to cut it out of my regular diet. So that's my, that's my resolution. I think that's great. And I haven't had any so far. So, I mean, it's only what? <laughs> the fifth? Like... It's the fifth. <laughs> Still. A ha- happy almost epiphany. Or what, King... is, what is it's the it, January 6th. It's the day that the wise men arrived at the stable. <laughs> I love those tweets that are like three wise men in the same room, please. <laughs> I saw a tweet the other day that was like, if it were three wise women, they would have actually arrived on time for the birth. They would have helped Mary deliver. They would have cleaned out the stable. They would have brought food. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they wouldn't have brought like perfumes and stuff that a new mother can't like isn't useful right (laughs) i love jokes about the three wise men (laughs) all right should we get started sure do you have anything else to report about your life i don't yeah not really um yeah so diving on in speaking of animals sort of i'm talking about the chinese zodiac Oh, that's right. I'm excited to learn about this. Yes. It was really interesting. There's a lot more to it than I knew about. And I like not to say that I would be a person who would know about it, but uh, there is a lot. It's very, it's more complex. Um, so the Chinese Zodiac, it bears some similarities to the Western Zodiac form. Oh, I wrote from of, astro- from of astrology. And I was like, what? Form of astrology. But it also has many differences. Mm. Both systems are based on the date and time of your birth and the significance that that has on your life and your personality and what's going to happen to you. And both are divided into 12 symbols or signs that are used to signify when in the calendar you were born and what that means. Mm -hmm. The word zodiac is derived from the ancient Greek word, which means cycle or circle of little animals. (laughs) therefore the word zodiac actually fits better with the chinese signs because i mean we could have a debate yeah we could have a debate on whether or not a dragon is an animal but at least they're all like creatures right oh my god today i almost called santa a (laughs) mythical creature in front of some second graders and i was like you're in deep shit now sarah but they didn't pick up on it they didn't oh, pick good, up. good, good. Because I was asking them if any of them have seen the movie Rise of the Guardians, and they were like, "What's it about?" And I said, "It's about a group of mythical. It's about it. It's about Santa and the Easter Bunny." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Okay, I don't think you know what mythical means. Like, they know what a myth is, but they wouldn't yeah. know what mythical 
Nicole is and they weren't they were all talking like it was a casual conversation so some of them weren't even listening and I was like I think we're okay but Jesus Christ (laughs) they also might not know that mythical means fake they might just like think mythical and like legendary or sort of the same thing right 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 I was like okay you're only six so this isn't that big of a deal (laughs) oh my god (laughs) but like the western astrology some of the signs are like Virgo and Aquarius mm-hmm. and it's like those aren't animals uh but the Chinese signs are rat ox tiger rabbit dragon snake horse goat monkey rooster and tiger and I did God, I it would that? suck if you're I mean I would want to be the tiger so bad wait no monkey rooster dog and pig I said tiger twice and then I skipped over dog and pig I don't know I read that line weird but yeah, tiger is the most like no dragon. Dragon, yeah, I'd want to be dragon or tiger. Yeah, or dragon we're, tiger. we're we're ram. No, we're pig. Pig. Oh right, yeah. right, right. Because it was just it was just twenty four years. Yeah, twenty twenty than rat. Twenty twenty. Say that they all have ups and downs. <laughs> um. So twenty twenty was the year of the rat, which makes sense um rats carry diseases so that checks out <laughs> we're actually still in the year of the rat because it doesn't go by the calendar year it goes by the right. like lunar year and that right. doesn't change until february so yeah 2020 was the year of the rat and 2021 is going to be the year of the ox 2022 is going to be the year of the tiger <laughs> nice so a common misconception is that every person only has one chinese zodiac sign But in fact, just like how in Western astrology, you have a sun sign, a moon sign, and a rising sign, for Chinese astrology, you actually have four different signs. You have a year sign, a month sign, a day sign, and an hour sign. The year, the month, the day, and person. Yeah. The year, the month, the day, and the hour are considered the four pillars of Chinese astrology and the Chinese zodiac. The year sign represents your main character traits and your personality, and it's sort of who you are within your family at large and your community, your society, um, your relation with your ancestors. It's, It's sort of more of a, like, broader community at large type thing. Like, who you are in that context. Your month sign, which is often called your inner animal has to do with who you are in more of a closer familial context so it's like who you are when you're alone with your siblings okay um and then your day sign is considered your true animal and it's considered essential for an accurate astrological reading or chart and it's sort of who you are when you're by yourself or who you are when you're by when you're alone with your like spouse or significant other Uh, the person who you are closest to and knows you best in the whole world. And then the hour pillar is your secret animal. (gasps) And (laughs) that I know. Well, I thought that would be like, maybe that's who no one knows I really am. But it, from what I could find, it represents your offspring and sort of like your future and what you will pass down to your offspring what your offspring will learn from you and what traits they will inherit and what they will think of you after you're gone that's cool yeah 
as I mentioned before, the months do not follow the Gregorian calendar or the calendar that we know, uh, which is following the sun, but rather the lunar cycles. So the dates are not set in stone. They can fluctuate and change. It is typical though for a year to begin around early February. Both of us were born in 1995. So that is the year of the pig. Mm-hmm. Traits that go along with pigs are um, that they are compassionate, generous, and diligent. Uh, specifically, we were born in a wood pig year, which I'll explain that in a bit. Um, there's elements pig, that huh? go along with it. <laughs> a wooden pig. Um, <laughs> oink, oink, knock, knock. Uh, oink, oink. <laughs> Uh, it really is but even though both of us were born in the month of august we were born in separate lunar cycles so cool so i was born in the cycle that lasts from around july 7th to august 6th 6th Mm. which is the month of the goat and you were born in the one immediately following that which is um August 7th to about about August 7th to about September 7th uh, which is the month of the where did it go? Anticipation is <laughs> I can't deal with all of this pain. The month of the monkey. <laughs> Damn it! I was like don't say monkey. <laughs> you feel stupid. Oh. Well, now I feel silly. <laughs> so those are our month signs. I'm a goat. You're a monkey. Um, <laughs> That's okay. It's all right. It's all right. Primates. Pigs are very smart. We also don't give... Pigs are like one of the smartest mammals, which we don't talk about enough. Pigs get a bad rap because they eat a lot, which me too, mm-hmm. but I'm also very smart. So mm-hmm. For our day signs, it's not the date it's the day of the week um and because there are only seven days and there are 12 animals some days have two animals assigned to them oh Uh, so uh i was born on a friday which is associated with the rabbit and the dog and i looked it up you were born on a tuesday (laughs) i was born on a tuesday i did know that because sometimes things make me fill stuff out that is the birth date but you have to like go into the calendar and go back to 1995 yeah. So I knew I was born on a Tuesday yeah. for that reason. You were born on a Tuesday, which is associated with, you're welcome, the dragon and the pig. Yes! <laughs> I knew there was dragon in there somewhere. <laughs> I just had a feeling in my gut. And then my hour sign is tiger. And nice. your Yeah. <laughs> and yours is rooster. <laughs> That's so stupid. <laughs> No, I don't want to call any of the animals stupid. They all serve important functions in society, but I feel like I would sound nuts. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, jeez. All right, well. All right, tell me about my strengths. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I didn't write them down, actually. (laughs) Oh, well. I'll look them up at the end of them. I'll be like, what? That's my hour sign, Rooster? That's your hour sign, yeah, Rooster. Okay, hour sign is Rooster. Day sign is dragon and pig. Yeah. Sign is monkey. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. Yeah. And year is pig. Year is pig. Yeah. Yeah, Pig in there twice. I think are all of mine different. Yeah. 
Since the Han Dynasty, the 12 earthly branches have been used to record the time of day. Mm-hmm. But um, for the sake of entertainment and convenience, uh, they replaced the names for like the individual chunks of time to the 12 animals. The 24 hours of the day are divided into two hour periods. Okay. Um, the makeup. So that is what each, like how each time, that is what your time is determined by. Um, and there are these cute little stories or, or like animal behavior reasons that justify why each animal get each gets each time. And it's said that they're just sort of mnemonics to help you remember. <laughs> Like, okay, yeah. it's the horse o'clock. Um, it's horse o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds um, like so... a horse girl would say. <laughs> it's horse o'clock. Like, horse. off to go ride their horse. Like, I gotta go. It's horse o'clock. It's horse o'clock. <laughs> Time is horse o'clock. Um, it's, oh, it's 11 a.m. So that's not about horse that time. That checks out. That's, yeah. that's about horse time. <laughs> okay, so the first time, because this is the, the first one, is rat. And that is from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. And this is the rat because this is the time when the rats are most active and seeking food. Rats also have a different number of digits on their front paws as they do on their hind legs, thus earning rat the symbol of turning over or a new start. I know it all sounds gross, but I'm sure people who are born in rat years are are great. Um, (laughs) People born in 2020 are going to be a certain kind of person. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, so the ox is second, and that is from 1 a.m. to 3 a.m. And this is the time when the oxen begin to chew the cud slowly and comfortably. Ox are awake at night. Oxen are Apparently. nocturnal. Apparently. The tiger is from 3 to 5 a.m. And this is the time when tigers hunt their prey more and show their ferocity. Oh. Rabbit is from 5 to 7 a.m. Because this is the time when the jade rabbit is busy pouncing herbal medicine on the moon, according to Folktale. Oh, okay. That's a normal thing. (laughs) The jade rabbit is, I think, a pretty big figure in um, Chinese mythology. Because um, I'm going to mention him again later. Uh, dragon is from 7 to 9 a.m. Because this is the time when dragons are hovering in the sky to give rain. Apparently, in Chinese mythology, dragons give rain. Oh, good for the dragons. Yeah. That's helpful. Uh, them. Yeah. Bringing us plants. Kind the snake is from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Because this is the time when snakes are leaving their caves. Horse o'clock is 11 to 1, <laughs> 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., um, because this is the time when the sun is high overhead, and while other animals are lying down to rest, horses are still standing. I'm still standing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, the horses. Yeah. The goat is from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m., because this is the time when goats eat grass and urinate frequently. Uh, (laughs) monkey is from 3 to 5 p.m and this is the time when roosters begin to get back to their coops 
I mean, wait, no, no, no. Monkey is from 3 to 5 p.m. because that's when monkeys are lively. Sorry, I skipped ahead. <laughs> I was like, the roosters are going, the monkeys are going to the roosters' coops? Why? <laughs> and then the roosters are from 5 to 7 uh, because that is the time when roosters begin to get back to their coops. <laughs> dog is from 7 to 9 because this is the time when dogs carry out their duty of guarding the houses. Oh. Pig, good boys. Yeah, good boys. Pig time is from. <laughs> um, oh, this is the the pig one is the last one is from uh, nine p.m. to eleven p.m. and that is because that is the time when the pigs are sleeping sweetly. To which I say, aren't they a lot more times too? But okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like they need a filler. <laughs> God, uh, what sleeps? What sleeps? Pig sleep. <laughs> <laughs> For all of the months, there mm. are similar reasons for why each animal gets each month. Like the tiger prowls the most during this month or something. Um, mm. But those that's like one reason for why they chose the different times of day. But there is another um, big important uh, folk story that is sort of the origin for which animals were chosen and the order that they go in. Uh, and that is called The Great Race. And it is an ancient folk story that um, has many different variations, many different, it, it was passed down um, orally a lot. So there's a lot of like different versions of it. Mm -hmm. But the main details of it is that like at the beginning of time, God or the Jade Emperor was like making the universe and creating things. And he was trying to decide what, what he was trying to name the years on the calendar for specific animals but in order to decide which ones to use <clears throat> he create he like announced that there would be a great race that who the first 12 animals to get to him would be the animals he chose and the order that they came would be um the order that they got and he the location that he was at was on the uh, was on uh, you had to cross a river to get to so the story is like all the animals crossing the river and listen this story's not going to make you trust a rat but um i don't trust a rat so i so knew the i smelled a rat <laughs> <laughs> everybody go watch ratatouzical it's really good I, I haven't watched it yet i need to it's really um good. so the cat and the rat got there first and they were both very bad at swimming. They knew that when they got to the river. So they waited. Um, they were both quite intelligent. And then the ox was the next to arrive. So they asked the ox to carry them across on his back. And the ox. I know. And the ox, being kind-hearted and naive, agreed to carry them both across. Aww, when they got sweet. close to I hope to the that's the 2021 energy. <laughs> Given that it is the year of the ox, yeah. Um, yes. As the ox was about to reach the other side of the river, the rat pushed the cat into the water and it was swept away. What? <laughs> you flags should have gone up, Sarah, that the cat is not in the Chinese zodiac. <laughs> and then the rat jumped from the ox's back to the shore, beating him to the Jade Emperor. And he was given... Um, first so he came in first and the ox came in second um, it's a terrible story it's so a terrible it's a real one. slytherin energy of like 
Yeah. The rat won, but he did it by backstabbing a cat. And, and he cheated. Not being nice to the ox. Uh, he betrayed the ox, his friend. Yeah. <laughs> the third one to come was the tiger. Even though. <laughs> yeah, so the third one to come was the tiger. Even though it was strong and powerful, it explained to the Jade Emperor that the currents in the river were too strong and we're pushing him downstream i mean which is why the ox was able to be um was just able to go right through because oxes are really like sturdy they're very strong yeah <laughs> yeah um suddenly from a distance came a thumping sound and the rabbit arrived it explained that it crossed the river by jumping from one stone to another in a nimble fashion halfway through it almost lost the race and fell in the water but it was lucky enough to grab hold of a floating log that later washed him to the shore for that, it became the fourth animal in the zodiac cycle. In fifth place, and it really should have been the first, is the flying dragon. Yeah, how did that happen? <laughs> the Jade Emperor was wondering why such a swift airborne creature such as the dragon did not come in first. The dragon explained that it had stopped by a village and brought rain for all the people and therefore it was held back. Then oh, on its way it to the finish, generous. it saw the helpless rabbit clinging onto a log. So it did a good deed and gave a puff of breath to the poor creature so that it could land on the shore. Oh, that's sweet. That was nice. The of dragon's the dragon. my new favorite. The Jade Emperor was astonished by the dragon's good nature and it was named as the fifth animal. I'd be like, oh, dope. Cool. You win. Like, <laughs> um, <laughs> you can be first. But I don't think the order mattered to them just as long as they got there um except the rat was like fuck you cat that's so sad as soon as it had done so the animal a galloping sound was heard and the horse appeared hidden on the horse's hoof was the snake whose sudden appearance gave it a fright thus making it fall back and give the snake the sixth spot with the horse taking the seventh (gasps) the duplicity That's not the snake's fault. We don't know that the snake was purposefully trying to scare the horse. Oh, yeah, it was just like, I'm going to hitch a ride. And then it got there and was like, what? What? You find me scary? Hello? I'm just here. <laughs> Hello? I imagine the snake being like, hey. And the horse being like, what? <laughs> horses, I love horses, but when they spook, they spook big. <laughs> There's no little spook. Like, you know how cats have little spooks? And they're like, oh. Horses, like, freak out. What was I watching recently that was, like, I think that elephants <laughs> being afraid of mice is, like, people, is a gay stereotype type they're trying to sneak past us. Like, and I was like, what? <laughs> I don't know what I heard. Where did I? I must have heard it on TikTok. Today, okay, do you know about the photo of Olivia Wilde and Harry Styles? Yes. Okay, so today at work, a perfectly sane person was like, oh, Olivia Wilde and Harry Styles are dating. And I was like, no, they're not. It's a publicity stunt. I just I think like, we don't oh. have enough information yet, is my stance. I was like, I sound insane that I have information about why I think this, I have so much evidence for why I think it's a stunt. It was very funny, though. I was like, no! (laughs) After a while... Well, continuing on with the story. After a while, the goat, the monkey, and rooster came to the heavenly gate. With combined efforts... How did the rooster get across? Well, they combined (laughs) efforts. It's nice. With combined efforts, they managed to arrive on the other side. The rooster found a raft, and the monkey and the goat tugged and pulled. 
trying to get all the weeds out of the way. The Jade Emperor was pleased with their teamwork and decided to name the goat as the eighth animal, followed by the monkey and then the rooster. I guess that's true. I don't know. I'm trying to decide how I feel about that, because the rooster found the raft. But then the goat and the monkey did all the work. They did all the work. They did do also. <laughs> can roosters not? All the, all the fly? manual labor. Oh no, roosters can't fly. No, we, I mean I've I think they can, run. but only for like a couple right. feet. I've seen chicken run. I've seen chicken. Run. <laughs> yeah, I got it. Uh, the eleventh animal placed in the zodiac cycle was the dog. Although it should have been the best swimmer and runner, it spent its time playing in the water. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> That's hilarious. That checks out. Though his explanation for being late was because it needed a good bath after a long spell. For that, it almost did not make it to the finish line. Oh my god, it could have been the cat. The cat could have the cat could have swam back upstream and been like, it's me. (laughs) I'm alive. I made it. I did it. Right when the emperor was going to end the he was gonna end the race with only eleven animals? I would that would not have worked well mathematically. Um an oink That's sound amazing. was heard. It oh, was the pig. <laughs> it was the pig. This feels like a moment in the Disney movie where they're like, he's not going to make it. <laughs> the music and then there he is. It's Babe, Pig in the City. <laughs> pig in the City. Oh my God, I'm going to go watch that. I love Babe. Pig. Um, the pig felt hungry in the middle of the race, so it stopped, ate something, and then fell asleep. After it awoke, Aww. it finished the race in 12th place and became the last animal to arrive. The cat eventually <laughs> drowned and did not make it in the Zodiac. Well, they better fucking honor the cat in some way. <laughs> they should have it- kicked out the rat for murder. <laughs> It is said that this is the reason why cats always hunt rats and also hate water. <laughs> Sarah this looks shocked. This is a dark story. This is a very dark story. I'm upset now. Yeah, okay, well, that's the end of the story, but I thought you'd like to hear it. I hated it. I mean, I loved it. I hated it. <laughs> it was a great story. I'm going to go tell all my students that story trust rats and they're like but the ratatouille is so good they don't know what <laughs> they probably don't even know what ratatouille is <sighs> they'd be like that movie is really old today we were talking about the spy kids and they're like how old is that movie and i was like it came out when i was a kid and like oh so it's old and i was like it's a classic <laughs> how dare you so uh, all right get ready for some math but um oh, so there are more. five there are five elements that are mm-hmm. also assigned to individual years. And because okay. there are tw- there's a 12 year cycle of the animals and there are five animal and there are five um, elements. Mm-hmm. It's a 12 times five is 60. It's a, a big 60 year cycle. Oh, um, intense. Yeah, I think it's like all of the animals cycle through as metal. All of the animals cycle through as water. And the oh, five okay. elements are fire, earth, metal, water, and wood. No air. Although, you know, fire needs oxygen, but whatever. <laughs> Do you think that. they understood the concept of air and oxygen when this I myth know. was created? Probably. I don't know. It's probably why they were like, wood. Yeah. So that is why we were born in a wood pig year. Um, uh-huh. the, this upcoming year is going to be a metal ox year, but people are referring to it as the golden ox year, as the year of the golden ox. 
And to conclude, I have um, two little fun facts here. Uh, interestingly, your Zodiac year is bad luck for you. Me? Uh, Personally? No, for like the oh. royal you, like everyone. Oh, okay. Like when it's okay. the year of the pig, we got to be careful. I don't think it's anytime soon. I think it was a couple of years ago. The year of the pig was 2019. Oh, yeah. Because, yes, because we're 25. Yeah, it would be when we're, we were 26 yeah. is the next time. So yeah. not for a while. But um, God, I hope I'm an established person by then. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there is this um, Chinese god who's the god of age. And it's this star in the sky that has like a 12-year rotation around the earth. And it's called Tai Sui. And it's considered the god of age. It's considered that when it's your year, you have offended the god of age because you've like aged a full new cycle and that's bad, I guess. Uh, So you got to watch out when it's your year. So better watch out. You better watch out. You better watch out. So like rats probably had a really bad 2020. We all had a bad 2020. That about you. And oxes got to watch out in 2021. But here are some uh, tips for bringing yourself luck when it is your year. So one way is to sacrifice and to pray to Tai Sui, who is the god of age. You can also wear red, which is considered a the luckiest color in Chinese mm-hmm. culture. But there is a rule that the red clothing will only bring you luck if it is bought by somebody other than yourself. So you can't go mm-hmm. out and buy red yeah. clothing. Then it won't be lucky. It has to be a gift from a spouse, a family member, or a friend. I have heard that before. So that's pretty much it. That's what I got on the Chinese Zodiac. That was super interesting. Yeah. Chinese mythology sounds really interesting. That's something I'd like to learn more about yeah. in life. Because I feel like all the myths I know are like Greek slash Roman myths. Yeah. A couple, couple Norse ones there here and there, you know. <laughs> yeah, I I really wanna look into like getting a more detailed birth chart with the Chinese zodiac. Mm-hmm. Uh, and see what all of that means. Um, because I only like I got a couple characteristics for pigs, but I I don't know if that story has any <laughs> significance Very for not, what yeah. pigs are in general. I would say that maybe like considering that your year animal is like who you are in your like large society. I'm like, am I the mm. one that stops to eat and take a nap? Maybe. But am I enjoyed? <laughs> yes. It's about your personal uh, self. And then what was, what were my other ones? I said goat was one. The goat was help. Was you had tiger for one of them tiger maybe one day we'll find out cool mm-hmm. thank you jane you're welcome i enjoyed that thoroughly so for our middle segment today i know that this isn't like the most fun thing to think about and in fact it's like very anxiety inducing but i just want to talk about congress is meeting tomorrow when today when this comes out to confirm the joe biden's win and i just want to talk about like what that process is like and what could happen if 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 they refuse to. So so if you didn't know, uh tomorrow, this isn't about Georgia, this is about this the Congress certifying the electoral college. Oh. So tomorrow Congress is gonna get together and they're gonna say like the electoral college did their thing, these are the results, Joe Biden is the winner. Like officially, officially. Uh-huh. And uh, 
Trump is doing everything he can to stop this from happening. If you didn't know, he called the Secretary of State of Georgia and essentially said find 11,000 votes in his mm-hmm. favor because that was the margin by which he lost. And it's really bad. And there are a lot of Republican senators and quite a few Congress people on his side, which is truly horrific. Like his corruption is bad because he's so like willy nilly about it. He's like, yeah, I'm going to do this super illegal thing. But what is worse to me is the number of people that are willing to go along with it. Like that's actually worse for me because he's just like, he's just one corrupt business person, but seeing this system that is trying to work in his favor that's like the core of the issue for me so tomorrow three dozen congressional republicans are going to launch a final challenge to the electoral college so 36 people are going to try to challenge those results 36 government elected officials they're going to count and confirm each state's electoral votes the way that this works is that um each state will be called alphabetically and they will present an envelope with the electoral college results to vice president mike pence because he is the president of the senate and he will read the results and then they will vote in and confirm these results um it is it has been common common for um representatives in the house to contest the election results um because there is a law in that came into governance in the 1880s that made this legal and it was more of a symbolic thing that would happen for the losing party to contest the results in congress because congress is so large that there would always be like a group of people who would symbolically like not say like no i don't support it not because they actually believed it but to be like no because they lost that was common in congress but this time at least 12 senators which has never happened before are going to challenge the votes and that includes senator josh hawley from missouri and ted cruz of texas the zodiac killer (laughs) um the a number of the number of challenges is unprecedented and this will happen despite no evidence of widespread election fraud um and because the outgoing president has refused to concede and tried to strong arm the process at every step to stay in power we don't really know what's going to happen next because even when the members of the house of representatives would contest the results symbolically the other candidate had already conceded so it didn't really matter but in this case he's not conceding um but they expect that congress will confirm joe biden's win um but it will force lawmakers to vote on the challenges and it's going to put pence in an awkward position because they'll have to officially announce biden's win by holding an official vote of the entirety of congress which biden will win um which president trump is pressuring pence to not do that and just declare trump the winner which would be super tense in an awkward position and i (laughs) i I do too but like that's super also shady yeah yeah so throughout november and december as we know the state certified their results and then the electoral college voted on december 14th based on on those results and confirmed biden as the winner then the state sent their their electoral college vote totals to the new congress to be counted and confirmed and this counting is what's happening on wednesday on wednesday so i'll count excuse me i'll count in the congress chamber together and then present the results um which and it will be a joint session which is a big deal because 
there's coronavirus and somehow they're fitting <sighs> all 600 or so of them in one room six oh no i don't know i don't know what's going on um and pence will preside um the here's how the contest the contesting of the votes will work um at least one lawmaker from each chamber must object to a state's electors um and more than two dozen house republicans have already said they will try and like i said a dozen gop senators um but majority leader mitch mcconnell has urged senators to stay away from this and several other republican senators have already said that they will not contest the results of their constituents in like states that are traditionally red but voted blue like they're i'm pretty sure one of the arizona congressmen were like i'm not going to contest the results so if a republican house member and a republican senator challenge the electoral count in arizona let's say um or arizona is the one that's planning to object um the senate will split off and will debate this challenge for up to two hours then each senator gets a vote on which electors to approve and the house does the same um that because the democrats control the house they have enough people to knock down all the votes like there's there's no way that the contested votes will flip because the democrats have the majority of the house even without the senate Mm -hmm. majority senate republican leaders have not been able to keep their party unified through this process but they expect to have the votes to confirm biden's win despite as many as like i said a dozen people contesting Mm -hmm. um a lot of republicans have uh, revoked their symbolic uh, support of the president following his hour-long phone call with Georgia's Secretary of State, which was leaked to the Congress. Um, Representative Adam K- Kinzinger, who is from Illinois, he's a Republican, tweeted to every member of Congress considering objecting to the election results, you cannot, in light of this, do so with a clean conscience, which they couldn't before, but now they absolutely <laughs> can yeah there is no legal basis for senators to question the electoral college results but there is one for the house republicans since all the states that are in trump's crosshairs met every legal requirement for having their electoral college votes recognized by congress if one chamber votes to accept a challenge to a state's elect to a state's electors which is out of the realm of possibility given the numbers but if it does happen there are still a lot of hurdles to overturning biden's win the law will require both chambers of congress to affirmatively vote to object to a state's electors which won't happen again because the democrats control the house um so even if we go far from hypotheticals there are still a lot of numerous checks that would protect biden's win but it's still scary that it's helping that it's happening anyway trump did lose about swing states and they're spread out throughout the alphabet so it's expected that this will go on long into the day arizona is going to be towards the beginning but then wisconsin mm. at the end you know so this could really prolong the entire certification pro- process um pence here's pence job here is administrative he has no authority to refuse or accept electoral results which is what trump is trying to say that he has the power to do but he doesn't he literally just reads the card out loud um mm-hmm. he does pretty much nothing in terms of actual power he has no veto power or anything like that um the last time this happened it was in 2005 house democrats challenged president george w bush's re-election the same way over the result in ohio um then senator barbara boxer who is a democrat from california did join them but the effort was quashed because the house democrats 
were like oh we can't we it, this is all symbolic the same thing did happen in 2016 but no senator was willing to stand with them and it didn't really happen so it's been a symbolic part of the process but it's been and it is legal for the house representatives to do that but there's no legal there's no legality in terms of whether or not senators can do it that's why it's a big mm-hmm. deal so that is all happening on january 6th maybe as you're listening to this that is what going on so it does seem really scary that like oh a bunch of people are gonna say that trump still won the election it is scary that they are willing to let his corruption seep into their politics like that that definitely is very very scary um but worrying about whether or not it will happen is the least of our problems at the moment it's more learning to tackle the corruption that is people who you know are willing to stand up for that and willing to say yeah this election was rigged which it absolutely wasn't so that's that on that also i'd like you to know that i just got a twitter notification that divorce between kim kardashian and kanye west is imminent (gasps) t i mean (laughs) so you know the real news okay so I'm going to talk about meal kits, which I actually really enjoyed researching because I am a meal kit fan. I've used many. I use them every week. This is not an ad and nothing of what I say here is an ad, okay? I'm not being paid to say any of this. (laughs) She asked me this. This is not a sponsorship. I don't have a promo code. Like, don't ask. Oh, hey, meal subscribe subscription kids like we'd love to- i know i'm like really worried about saying something that will offend one of them and be like well no i'll never sponsor you not that i expect any of them to sponsor us at this point anyway we but- would be happy to be a- to speak on your behalf yes but i do use them quite often <laughs> so you know i'm your i'm your i'm currently using HelloFresh. i also am currently using HelloFresh, but not an ad <laughs> we don't have a code <laughs> so but let's talk about it let's let's chat about meal kits What's the deal with them? Who's buying them? So let's actually talk about who's buying them first. According to a study done on Numerator, meal kits are most popular among millennials and Gen Xers. Just totally skipped Gen Y. Not really sure why. Or are millennials? No, millennials are Gen Y. Never mind. I don't know why I was like. Yeah, I was like, I don't want. I don't think there is a Gen Y. No, we're we're Gen Y. Yeah, yeah. Never mind. I've had a Paloma, so I'm I'm in it right now. Okay. (laughs) 64 percent of buyers are within one of those two age groups buyers this made me laugh tend to have a high income lol uh 60 60 percent of meal kit buyers make over 80k per year i literally could never and are generally well educated with 57 percent having a bachelor's degree or higher so applies and two-thirds of buyers work full-time or are self-employed and 12.2 percent have young children under the age of five they are 1.2 times more likely to seek quick and easy meal solutions, 1.4 times more likely to meal plan, and 1.7 times more likely to admit that they need help in the kitchen, which is exactly why I started. I was like, I don't know how to cook. So here we go. <laughs> Same. The top reasons for purchasing a meal kit were that they save time meal planning, 43.4% of people said this, that they save time grocery shopping, 36% said this, and trying new cuisines, which... 32.7% said. 
saving cooking time was actually not as common as a reason as one might think. Only 21% of people said that it, they felt like it saved them cooking time, which I would agree with, especially if you're learning how to cook. Like at the beginning when they were like chop up these vegetables, it took me 25 minutes. So I was like, I don't know how to chop it. Oh, that's the longest part. They're like, <laughs> yeah. So I absolutely understand why they were like, no, I wouldn't say this saves me time, especially if you're what just is- learning. Yeah. One of the very first recipes I ever had to make from a meal kit was like this. It, it was delicious. This sweet potato. It was a sweet potato chili and it was so good. But I had to like, they gave me this really large. I don't remember what meal kit it was, but they gave me a very large sweet potato and told me to chop it into tiny cubes. And this sweet potato was so hard. <laughs> I swear I spent like two hours just like, like trying to get the knife to cut up this sweet potato you just sharpen your knives jane oh my god that's so funny (sighs) the first meal kit subscription began in sweden actually in 2007 there's actually an argument over which one started it there's two of them and they both claim that they were the first and they came out so closely together that there's like really no way to say which one of them officially launched first or like which one of them conceptualized it first but they did definitely begin in sweden which, of course, it did. The Swedes are, like, so efficient in literally everything. So <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. But they actually didn't arrive in the American market until, until 2012. So they were very popular in Europe before that. But Blue Apron, HelloFresh, and Plated emerged almost simultaneously in 2012. All about the mm-hmm. same time. And there are now over 150 meal kits worldwide. In, Whoa. Yeah, that's a lot. In 2017, Time Magazine estimated that the meal kit industry was $2.2 billion globally, which was less than 1% of the grocery store market. But in 2020, only three years later, a report from Grandview Research in California projected that it would reach nearly $20 billion by 2027, which is a growth of 13% from where it is now. Now, most companies grow only about 1% to 2% per year. That's like considered steady growth. So 13% in seven years is like a very big margin. That's a lot. I feel like I can see that for our future. Like, I feel yeah. there's always like the jokes about like in movies in the future like what food is like in Phil of the future it was like spray food from a can right in spite like, I can see it being like hydrated. yeah I, I, I feel like I can see them being like oh back in the day we used to go to grocery stores like oh ha you're so funny you just get meals delivered grandpa right, <laughs> right. so why are they so popular The convenience is a really big part of it. The food is delivered directly to your door and it's more cost effective than ordering takeout. So yes, in some instances it would be, it is more expensive than going to the grocery store, but it's still less expensive per per serving than getting takeout, especially for people who want to try new things. There's less of a risk, which makes sense to me because I'm like, oh, I would like to try this dish for the first time. Ordering takeout that could be a lot of money, including if I'm getting it delivered, including delivery fees and tip for the driver or whatever. But if I'm making it for HelloFresh and I don't like it, less less money wasted. Yeah. Drew Gooden did a video recently about why, like, it's so expensive now to order out mm-hmm. like, with all of the fees and tips. And yeah, not that you weren't tipping delivery people before, but like, there's so much money. Yeah, it is. It is a lot of money. Like you can't spend, you can't order like a dinner for yourself and without spending like 25 bucks. Yeah, at least, at least I ordered lunch to school today and it was $30 and the meal itself was only 18, I think. So it's $12 going to delivery fees. Part of it was taxes and tip. Yeah. 
Yeah. It is it definitely is a big part of it. Um and then they're like, Do you want to donate the change? Like, right, yes, it's like a whole thing. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> you're, you're a good person. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you're not a good person, uh ordering takeout could be really, really cheap, but we're all good people. <laughs> so. You could tip zero percent and donate nothing. Yeah, and then you'd be paying, you know, fifteen dollars, but don't be an asshole. Don't do that. If you can't afford <laughs> if you can't afford takeout, don't order it. I know that it's like yeah. we all deserve luxuries, but if you cannot afford a tip, do not order it. That's yeah, that's that on that. Um other reasons that they're popular, meal kits are also relatively healthy. Very few meal kits use processed food and there's fresh vegetables and stuff like that. So a lot of their meals are going to be healthier, again, than ordering takeout or going to get fast food. Mm -hmm. There are also meal kits for vegetarians, vegans, people who are gluten-free and people on low-carb diets. So they're, they can fit any type of dietary lifestyle at this point. So there's no reason to be like, oh, well, I, I can't find one that suits my dietary needs. Like, I promise it exists. Yeah. Several grocery stores have also started creating their own meal kits um, to compete with the meal kit market. Last time I was at Target, I noticed Target had some there to make, like, sloppy joes yeah. and stuff like that. Um, I've heard Whole Foods has one. Yes. And uh, through Amazon Fresh, you can do, which uh, owns Whole Foods, they have pre-portioned meal mm-hmm. kits as well. Blue Apron was actually formerly owned by Costco. It is no longer. And Walmart owns Gobble, which is another meal kit, but they also (laughs) sell their own meal kits in not every store, but select stores. There is a program in select Walmart stores where you can be like, I want to make this meal. And then Walmart puts together the meal kit for you, which is (gasps) like, what kind of magic? Crazy, right? HelloFresh, EveryPlate, and Green Chef are all operated by the same company, but they appeal to different markets. HelloFresh is like your basic, like they have every type of meal under the sun. EveryPlate is cheaper. It's only $4.99 per serving. And Green Chef is there for people on specific diets. So they have a menu for the paleo diet. They have a menu for the keto diet. They have a low carb diet. They have a vegetarian menu. So different stuff. Yeah. It's a little more expensive than HelloFresh. However, Green Chef pre-chops the vegetables, which I love not always but they do a little bit like not everything i no. recently did green chef and it, because i got a coupon yeah uh, I, otherwise oh, the, okay i have to say that the meal kits i do are 100 percent based off of what i have a coupon for at that moment like oh yeah <laughs> again we are not in the high income bracket <laughs> you know. so one major concern and one concern that i definitely had was about the environmental impact of meal kits because mm-hmm. especially the beginning everything in meal kits was individually packaged like your garlic was in one little baggie and the spinach was in another now a lot more of the meal kits i get the vegetables will be like loose um Mm -hmm. and i have noticed HelloFresh has started doing biodegradable bags so that's that's changed a little bit but there still is a lot of packaging and it has to be mailed Mm -hmm. to you but Mm -hmm. a new study argued that when evaluating the carbon footprint by pound meal kits had a smaller carbon footprint than equivalent meals bought from a grocery store this study was actually published in Resources, Conservation, and Recycling, and they examined the whole life cycle of meal kits from the farm to the garbage can and found that store meals produce 33% more greenhouse gases than their, they use Blue Apron as an example, than their Blue Apron equivalents. And using meal kits where things are pre-portioned reduces food waste and streamlines the supply chain so that fewer greenhouse gases are used to oh. put meal on your table. 
Although the plastics and packaging are still an issue, some companies are putting in the effort to reduce them, which like I said, which I said, um, but they're not the big issue in general, not even talking about meal kits, but like in the grocery industry, packaging is not actually the biggest issue. Brent Hurd, who is a PhD candidate at UMish, um, and he is the author of this study says quote when you zoom out and look at the whole life cycle packaging is a relatively small contributor to the overall environmental impacts of a meal what really ends up mattering is the quantity of food wasted through the supply chain and then he goes on to say that food production has a huge carbon footprint um, one of the studies estimates that it is responsible for 19 to 29 percent of annual greenhouse gas emissions just the production of the food itself and the plastic that keeps food fresh certainly contributes, but it's a very small part compared to the production of the food. According to a report from the UN, if food waste were a country, its production, processing, and distribution would be the third largest emitter of greenhouse gases just behind the US and China. And in a study from 2010, the USDA estimated that about 31% of food produced in the U.S. is thrown away, with 10% occurring at the retail level and 21% at the consumer level. Now, the, the nice part about having a meal kit is because everything is pre-proportioned, your waste is significantly less because you won't open, let's say, a jar of canned tomatoes and use half of it and then put a lid on it forget to use the rest of it and be like oh I didn't use this and now it's bad and throw it away that won't happen if you have a meal kit because you're using exactly what's given to you there's no excess I also think that like at least for me when I have a meal kit I go to the grocery I go to stores less and I buy like a lot less extra snacks that would be a lot more extra bags to be throwing away and things like that Definitely. And there's less meals because then you have less meals to plan for yourself. That's less things to to go to the grocery store and buy. Because like, so the reason that I like it is because I am not a person that can eat the same thing all of the time. I know people that have the same meals on rotation. Like they go to the grocery store every week and get the exact same things. I am not one of those people. I need variety. Like if mm-hmm. I have one meal, I will not be like, yeah, I want that again for maybe two to three weeks. So I'm not the type of person mm-hmm. that can go to a store and make, get like a huge, uh, some people can do this. They get a bulk pack of chicken and a bulk pack of broccoli and they cook it all exactly the same and they eat that the whole week. I could literally never, I wouldn't eat it. I would end up throwing yeah. it away. So for people that have meal kits, it's nice because you have the variety there. And so it was an issue for me before I was getting meal kits to go to the grocery store and be like, oh, I want to make all of these different things, which means I need all these different ingredients, but I wouldn't use all of them because I wouldn't make enough to have eight meals and then eat all eight of those meals, you know? Mm-hmm. So def- I definitely can see how it reduces a lot. Yeah. The other thing to keep in mind is that people are like, well, it take it, you have to use carbon emissions because they have to drive the food to your house, apartment, whatever. But meal kits are distributed along normal mail routes. Like they literally, the, the argument is that they would be going that way anyway. It's just another piece of your mail. So it really doesn't create yeah. more emissions than a, your normal, than your average mail does, which is about 4%. Um, as opposed to a regular grocery store delivery, like if you call Whole Foods and you're like, I want you to deliver these groceries to my house, that is a specific car that is there for you to deliver it to your home. Yeah. 
which in which case they think that accounts for about 11 percent of carbon emissions is just cars doing deliveries from like point a to point b yeah without a clear route so there is more so that's that on the environmental impact i that was something that i'd always thought about when doing meal kits something my mom and i had talked about a lot was that there are like a lot of little plastics but in the three years that i've been doing various meal kits i have noticed all of them make a push towards less packaging or packaging that's recyclable or compostable or something like that um because that was the feedback they were getting and i have noticed that that has changed I've noticed that the ice packs that they send them with when like when they first started doing them the ice packs were like huge mm-hmm. and you couldn't you couldn't re- like like they they you just had to throw them away and they were like huge and filled yeah. with probably chemicals and it was like not great but the ones they send out now are like when you're done you can you I can don't recycle know if all them do this but some of them you can cut it open and pour this mm-hmm. stuff into your sink and just let it melt and go down your drain and it's fine yeah yeah um, a lot of them do that now which is also nice and then you can recycle the plastic yeah which is great yeah i definitely appreciate that a lot so there are things that they're definitely doing to improve they're t- they they've heard our notes and they're responding <laughs> yeah this but- is kind of a tangent but i was watching something for my class the other day that was like a group of students who had to come up with projects to um like make robots that t- took natural resources and turned it into energy mm-hmm. like wind turbines and things like that and one kid came up with the idea of something that used the force of gravity to um make energy and i don't think he actually built it i think he just like pitched the idea but i'm I was like when he said that i was like <gasps> why aren't we using gravity? Like, I don't know how that would work at all. <laughs> yeah. But that seems like such a good solution. <laughs> it, it does. It does. You're right. <laughs> we could just use gravity. All right. Science. Sorry. Tangent. Up, nope. Hit up that guy, I guess. The last thing I'll say <laughs> like is that the last thing I'll say is that writer Hannah R. Alberts did what I keep saying that I'm going to do. And she reviewed 20 different meal kits for the New York Post. <laughs> <laughs> like I could do at this point. I couldn't do 20. I could do maybe 10 um and this is what they found this was their rulings their superlatives for the meal kits the best substitute for takeout is gobble um and they specialize in 15 minute dinners so a lot of stuff comes pre-cooked chopped whatever just throw it together done the best but they're not like very diverse meals the best Mm. healthy pick is purple carrot which is entirely vegan Mm. the best time saver is hungry root which is almost entirely pre-prepared or pre-packaged i get ads for them a lot they have a lot of like this is edible cookie dough this is a thing of chickpeas and Mm. or like whatever like a lot of stuff like that it's supposed that's supposed to fill up more of your whole groceries um and that starts at 60 dollars a week but it depends on how many days of meals you want but you could theoretically do your entire grocery shopping with them for chefs on a budget they recommended dinnerly which i have some thoughts about and I'm not here to, <laughs> I'm not here to spill tea on Dinnerly on live, but I will say that I've tried Dinnerly and I have some private feedback, which you can all email me about. Um, <laughs> I know oh, what you're Blue talking Apron, about. Blue Apron, they say. <laughs> Blue Apron. Oh, there's more, Jane. In the last week, there's been more. 
Blue Apron is the best for more experienced cooks, which I will agree with. I got Blue Apron first and I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. And I switched over to a different <laughs> one. But I do like Blue Apron, but their stuff is very like, this is Calabrian gnocchi with spicy beef. And I'm like, I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> Can you just treat me like a peer? <laughs> That's my belt. But I do like Blue Apron. I do like it. But I would say yes for more experienced cooks. HelloFresh is the best for variety. HelloFresh, like all these other meal kits are like, we have 10 choices. HelloFresh is like, we have 30 and you can buy a sandwich and a salad. Like it's unbelievable. HelloFresh. <laughs> They're like, you can have whatever you want. What do you want is HelloFresh. Definitely best for variety. I agree with that. Every plate is best for keeping costs down and it does have the fewest ingredients per meal. So if you're looking for something that's like low effort, every plate's good for that. But they don't have vegetarian choices as Jane knows. For those mm-hmm. looking for something more gourmet, they recognize they recommend Martha and Marley Spoon, which is operated by Martha Stewart. I did it once and I was like, this is way too bougie. Like they tried to get me to eat like not escargot, but something similar. And I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm just a woman <laughs> trying to feed herself. Um <laughs> vegetable lovers should go over Green Chef. Lots of great veggie options on there. Home Chef has the simplest recipes, they say, which Home Chef, I'm 99% sorry. Jane and I have both gotten it. But Home Chef, <laughs> their instructions were so funny. Like, Jane had to heat up some, like, pecans or something. And so it was, like, hot nut alert. And now I will never not think about that. When I hear of Home Chef was them being, like, hot nut alert. Caramelize them or something and then it was like now place them on a plate while you do something else but be careful do not touch with your fingers and then it said in parentheses like in italics hot nut alert (laughs) (laughs) um i will say though home chef has if you ever get it home chef has delicious crispy tofu tacos ah so good that's Mm. the only meal i remember from them I will say that recipe, I sent a picture of it to my friend to be like, haha, hot nut alert. And she responded like, that looks delicious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Home Chef has the simplest recipes that have the least number of steps, generally. The longest shelf life goes to takeout kit. Their stuff can, their stuff, they don't have just refrigerated food, which most of these, it's like a lot of produce and refrigerated items, but longest, mm. the takeout kit has more pantry items. Um, snap Kitchen is ideal for people with dietary restrictions, which snap kitchen is it's not like you prepare a meal it's more like meals are prepared to you and then you put it in the oven so it's like meal prep done for you Mm -hmm. splendid spoon is the best for vegans and it's the same thing it's not food necessarily that you're cooking it's stuff that comes ready for you freshly is the same thing um which i have done before it's like all frozen meals or refrigerated meals and you just put them in the microwave which i liked freshly if you're looking for something Mm -hmm. that's like i don't want to cook ever but it's cheaper than (laughs) takeout freshly might be for you um and for families with kids they recommend yumble kids which i'm not embarrassed (laughs) to say i went to their website and it does look good it does look good (laughs) people gotta give you young listen things made for kids these days like the picture was chicken (laughs) the, the picture was chicken parmesan and noodles i was like i would absolutely eat that right now I'm about to go make ravioli when we're done here. Like I'm a child. <laughs> I have the same. I have the same appetite as a child. <laughs> My roommate, who eats a lot of mac and cheese, is her favorite food. I was like, I would get this. She was like, I already eat most of the foods children eat. I was like, that's because kids know how to eat nowadays. <laughs> they know what it's about. 
So the, that is my findings on meal kits. I would, the other day I had, or not the, like a couple of months ago or something, I brought lunch to school and my lunch was veggie straws and chicken nuggets. I love that. <laughs> and my, uh, fake chicken nuggets. They were like, you know. Um, and right, one of the teachers better. was like, that's what I packed for my kindergartner this morning. And I was like, get out of here. I see the kids, the kids lunch sometimes and I'm like, that looks good. <laughs> Like today, I sat I sit with pre-K where they eat lunch, and I look at what they're eating, and I'm like, I would absolutely eat that, hundred percent. I would eat that right you now. You guys got any leftover go-go squeezes? <laughs> yeah, they're like gogurts in their frozen tubes. I was like, oh, that looks so good. <laughs> absolutely. I I had a lunchable maybe a week ago. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at YKWIBW Podcast. You can check out our website, ifeandwondering.com. If you like what you're hearing, please consider leaving us a five-star review on iTunes. And finally, if you have something that you've been wondering, you can email us at ifeandwonderingpodcast at gmail.com. Jane, you know what I've been wondering? What have you been wondering, Sarah? I was recently shook with some information. And that information is actually a science question for you. <gasps> my, my question is, I was recently told that the Earth's structure, being <gasps> the inner core, outer core, mantle, and crust, is it's just a hypothesis. Just I heard a, that too. It's just a hypothesis. And I want to know who came up with the hypothesis and, and how and why. And how do we know? <laughs> Why have we accepted it as factually true? Also, when I was in high school in 10th grade, I don't know if we watched a music video that had this song or if my friends wrote a song, but it was about the layers of the earth. And it went, come um, on, everybody. Let's discuss the inner core, outer core, mantle, and crust. And I think we made it up. <laughs> but we might not have. I don't know. I think we made it up. I think it was ours. So that's that's what I'm... Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Love to look into the, some geological facts for you. Sarah, yeah. Do you know what I've been wondering? What have you been wondering? What are some like cool stories from Norse mythology? Like, like. <laughs> I don't know much about Norse mythology, which, like, I feel like I kind of should because I have like ancestry from like that part of Europe. So, oh my god, I'm gonna tell. <laughs> I'm gonna tell my roommate that we're talking about this. He's he's been a guest, Andy. He loves. He also <gasps> loves Vikings and Norse mythology. Bring him back. <laughs> honestly he would be he would love that he would just want to sit and listen um or maybe not maybe he'd want to contribute um i cannot wait absolutely absolutely 10 out of 10 will tell you about that i love me some mythology I'm gonna talk about odin <laughs> oh shit and not just that thor shit the whole yeah, deal. yeah, yeah. all right absolutely that's what's coming at you next week thank you so much for listening this is you know what i've been wondering